The world isn't simple anymore. And on the Walden Pond podcast, your host, anti-fraud expert Vince Walden, is talking to experts about the technology and compliance trends you need to know about to keep your compliance and fraud detection programs relevant. If you're looking for insights that are practical, timely, and innovative, welcome to The Pond. Well, welcome to The Pond. I'm your host, Vincent Walden, and we are here as part of the Tom Fox Compliance Podcast Network. Today, I'm with Aaron Nicodemus, who's a reporter with Compliance Week, covering the regulatory and compliance space, which many of you know and probably read his articles. So welcome, Aaron. Thanks for having me, Vincent. Glad you could be here. And before we begin, I want to start off in our traditional format and read our quote from Thoreau. Since we're going to be kind of talking about 2021 trends and kind of kissing 2020 goodbye, I thought this quote was probably most appropriate from Thoreau. Live each season as it passes. Breathe the air, drink the drink, taste the fruit, and resign yourself to the influence of the earth. As I thought about that, breathe the air, it's probably with a mask right now, but not back then. <laughs> but I hope that, that that was probably an appropriate send-off for what we're going to be talking about. All right, well, so before we begin, what I like to tell our audience, and again, we're talking with legal and compliance professionals who are a typical listeners group, I'd like to kind of give a background on your role. How did you get to be a reporter with Compliance Week? Sure. Well, it's been a real, rather recent development. I started in February after working for three years with Bloomberg and before that with newspapers in Massachusetts and South Africa. So, oh, wow. I've, yeah, so I've sort of been around reporting all of my life. I've been in journalism for my entire career. And I found Compliance Week after I left Bloomberg because they sent my position to Sacramento, California, and I live in Boston. No. I feel like following that position. So. Yeah, that's a, that's, a big, that's a big change. That, that'd be a big commute. So yeah, so I, I found Compliance Week and it has been a fantastic fit. It was this whole industry that I knew nothing about in February that I have immersed myself in since then. Yeah, I really enjoy the content that we get that gets put out by Compliance Week, not only in the publication, but the email and all the training events that you guys do. I think it's really helpful and timely. So yeah, I appreciate that. Now, you know, I was interested in the article that you recently wrote back in on November 11th. Again, I, I have a passion for COSO as a, from an internal controls perspective, but you commented on a, wrote on an article called the COSO report, elevating compliance leads to more informed decision-making. And for those compliance professionals out there who may not be familiar with COSO, because again, that's typically used by internal audit, audit kind of professionals as they kind of set the guidelines for Sarbanes-Oxley internal controls compliance. It was neat to see them describe how organizations need to be thinking about corporate compliance from a COSO perspective. It was almost like the accountants are reaching out to the attorneys or the attorneys are reaching out to the accountants and vice versa via this COSO document. What was your take on that report? Yeah, so COSO is is a great resource for, as you say, uh, internal audit and internal control and then fraud deterrence, which is how it also began back in 1985. But in this particular case, they were talking about enterprise risk management and they were placing their framework for enterprise risk management from a compliance perspective. And Mm. they were saying basically that compliance should not be viewed as a low-level function 
it really should be viewed as, as a strategic partner with a business to try and move it forward, both from following the rules, but also knowing what the rules are and keeping them as integral part of your business so that you don't have these missteps and that you can follow through with your strategic initiatives in a, in a safe and rule on the up and up way. Aaron, interestingly, the reason I'm kind of particular to COSO was I was one of the co-authors of the COSO and ACFE. It was a COSO ACFE fraud risk management guide, which was a 2016 publication that kind of set forth five principles of an effective fraud risk management program. And I did an analysis because again, I'm always trying to break down the silos of communication and get internal audit to talk to compliance and vice versa. If you do a side-by-side comparison, again, not word for word, but if you look at the themes in the recent 2016 DOJ guidance update, and you read those themes, almost like paragraph header to paragraph header and themes and topics, that got DOJ guidance, which again was written by attorneys, and the COSO Fraud Risk Management Guide outline, they talk about the same thing. And it's just one has a compliance hat on, one has an internal audit, internal controls, fraud risk hat on it, but they say the same thing. And to me, that's kind of profound. And most people don't think about that because those circles aren't talking. So I really was glad to see this COSO report come out and talk about the importance of compliance. So let's switch gears a little bit. And as you think about kind of in compliance innovation in 2020, oh my gosh, what a year we've had. What were some of the key innovations perhaps even motivational stories that you as observed or maybe wrote about, you know, that you saw compliance professionals do that you might want to mention? Sure. I think the biggest was how compliance helped with the transition to work from home. In yeah. March, everyone just immediately had to snap to working from home and dealing with all of the little problems and issues that came up with that. A big part of compliance is a corporate culture and trying to encourage people to come forward when they see something is wrong, and trying to encourage good behavior. And it is hard to do that when you are all remote. Basically, say we're part of a team, but when you're part of a team that never actually sees the rest of your team in person, that can be really hard. It can be even harder to conduct investigations when you're not doing them in person. And (laughs) clients also had to manage to do that it's sort of huge ask after huge ask and they just they just hit it each time almost as a matter of course but really stepping back it was amazing how much they accomplished in a little bit of time yeah i saw a demand in when you can't travel the demand for i'll call it desktop audits or doing analytics or transaction monitoring or testing from your computer to have some sort of transparency in the business really accelerated what was already kind of growing but now had to be out of necessity with travel budgets being completely cut. They had to have some way to gauge the pulse of the business. So that was a big trend. And, you know, as we think about now 2020, and now we're used to doing these online meetings. And we're, in fact, it's funny, I wrote an article on doing remote data collections. You know, we can do forensic collections now remotely without having to physically be there. As you think about 2021, are we ever going to go back to the way it was? Or is, it, is this going to be a profound change? Hopefully, we're not working from home forever, but what do you think is going to change in 2021? I think that work from home is here to stay. I don't think that means that the offices are going to disappear, but it does mean that I think businesses 
we're forced to see that work from home is not this incredible time suck or productivity lacks that they thought it was going to be. It actually, Mm -hmm. workers have proven to be very productive when they're working from home. And I think workers on their side are feeling like, hey, this is a way that I, I can work flexibly. You know, I can do a little bit more of the work on my time and cut out all of this commute time. So I think that's not going to go away. But yeah. I can tell you, you know, we have a big part of Compliance Week's business is in-person events. And I yeah. can tell you that people are absolutely dying. They are just like, you know, it's fine that we're talking on, on Zoom or whatever, but I want to be back in person to have those conversations in the hallway or over lunch or over cocktails. It's just not the same. And so I think there will be a bounce back to in-person and going back to the office, but it's not going to be like it was before. It'll be a mix now. Yeah, it might be three days a week in the office or two days at home or some kind of flex. It's funny, I agree with you. I was talking to one other compliance professional and he's like, I'm so burnt out on Zoom meetings. It's all we have, but I'm dying for going back to in-person and the conferences again. And I totally agree. There's nothing like the in-person, but on the flip side, you can get a lot more attendees when everybody's working from home. I notice, like even the compliance week, I'm, the attendees of your webcast, for example, are almost perhaps double the size because oh, yeah. people aren't traveling. They got nothing right. other than to do than be in the house. So yeah. I guess there's pros and so cons. There are pros and cons to all of it. I just think that work flexibility is the yeah. biggest thing to come out of this, ah. both for employers and employees. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well. We have time for one last question, and it's one I like to give all my compliance audience friends out there when I talk to kind of industry experts and people who follow it. What advice would you give legal and compliance professionals as they think about their goal setting? Again, November, December, they're thinking about 2021, what's ahead. As they think about their goal setting and priorities for next year, what are some of the things that they should be doing more of and perhaps even less of as they think about their goals and setting the bar for 2021. Yeah. So the things that they should be doing more of, I think, are more engaging with their coworkers and their bosses, really trying to break down silos and figure out how to get everybody to talk to each other. That Mm -hmm. is something that has just jumped out as important, both from the regulatory side and from the compliance side. You've got to have everybody sort of working together to figure out these problems. So that's one side. And I think another thing that companies can think a little less on is what to do with monitoring your health of your employees. That's something that keeps coming up as maybe we should try and do this, maybe we shouldn't. And I just think that you've got to put more trust in your employees to do that themselves, to tell you when they're sick, than to worry about like putting an app on their phone or putting something on their wrist that takes their temperature every 10 minutes or something. I think there's just got to be a level of trust with your employees that they're going to stay home when they're sick because they don't want to get everybody else sick. So that's, I think, one thing that people can sort of take down the temperature on, if that's, if that's fair to say, is, is the monitoring of employees for their, for their health. Because you're monitoring them for many other things, and their health shouldn't be one of them. Yeah, no, so true. So true. Well, Aaron, thank you very much for coming on the show and floating out on the pond with me. And I uh, would love to get you back out sometime in maybe 2021 and we can see how some of these predictions are coming true. <laughs> it's my pleasure. And I hope at some point we can meet in person. Yeah, no doubt. I'll hopefully see you at the Compliance Week event sometime. I'm very much looking. Hopefully, 
quarter one or quarter two, 2021. So exactly. get this vaccine exactly. out. All right. Well, yep. be safe and have a great weekend. Thank you very much, Aaron. Take care. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Walden Pond Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review.